to this episode of the NoCo Show. Thank you as always for downloading this episode, any others you choose to, even if it is to help you fall asleep late at night after third shift. Appreciate all the comments, questions, feedback. A lot of great feedback from especially his biggest fans with my last conversation with Howard Hutel, a.k.a. Trey Hewell, before the Carney Early Bird. It was a great tournament. A um, couple things to hit on that. Tease 13 again rises up, showing them they are the cream of the crop here in Nebraska, but a lot of good games were played. My boys, Bo Elevator, and I finished ninth winning the silver bracket, so shout out to the boys in Carolina Blue. Nice run. Looking forward to more games with you guys this season. A lot of good teams, man. Hit Show made a nice run. Sam's made a nice run. Um, Again, Lasers is prepared to go to battle with anybody out front of them. Finest had a slow weekend, but I know it's early. They'll break. They're just trying to get their you know chemistry figured out again. They've added a couple pieces. I'm not too worried about them, so they'll be fine. Uh, Jake's, I know, won the bronze. Again, a lot of great games played. Very competitive tournament, as it always is, and a great kickoff to the season. So, again, Dale, thank you for that. Did have a chance to talk to Dale about possibly the show game like Trey and I kicked around. He's going to look into it. He does have some concerns, and rightfully so. Could it and would it wreck a loser's bracket, or what effects would it have on the tournament overall? Again, it was just an idea. I know he's open to it. As as we've said, Dale is a gamer. He's a grinder. He's a competitor. He loves games like that, and so he'll be looking into it. Appreciate the idea, the questions, the comments. But again, that's always a great tournament to kick off the season and had a lot of fun. Good luck to all the teams who played and otherwise on your seasons is coming up. If that's an indicator of this season for everyone, that's a strong start. So good luck to everybody. Now getting into this current episode through a USSA Ask Jake Anything out there. I have, as stated, accepted the position of the USSA Slow Pitch State Director for that program. So it's my job and task responsibility to try and help grow that program here in Nebraska again. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Hope you all are as well. And kind of a re-education process as the game's been, you know, for the most part, obviously in the Omaha Council Bluffs area, those out west not too terribly familiar with it as USA has swung the pendulum back and let's be open and honest as Carl said has he easily 85 or 90 percent of market penetration with his product so there's a learning curve for everyone involved including myself so getting into this I appreciate all the questions and comments and feedback that those have leveled I can only again search out the answers and get them for you there is some subjectivity and will be leaning on my opinion in certain cases but I'm learning along with you. I have played USSA in the past. I enjoy it. It's 
part of why I'm involved. I, it's not it's not a money thing for me. I want to help grow the program, and as I'm leaving it as a player, I want to find it and leave it in a better place as an administrator and give you guys a fun experience with a different style of softball around here. It's honestly where I'm at. And those who know me well enough, you know that's coming from the heart and it's the truth. So that being said, had some folks comment on the post with some questions about USSA. So let's jump right into those and some others that I've been receiving. And again, if, if I don't answer in completion now, I apologize. Uh, threw some notes together, reached out for some guidance as I'm more than willing to. And any questions you have in the future, please, nocochow.com, nocochow at gmail.com, all the social media, NEBUSSA on social media, NEBUSSA at gmail.com. Shoot me an email, DMs. I'm here to help. It's literally my job to answer your questions. You may not like the answer, but it is my job to answer them. So let's get right into it. Nick Gregith threw one out there. And it, this is definitely one that's been asked in many forms. So, Nick, great question. What are your plans for rankings? Example, I'm a D player in USA, but unranked in USSA. There are a lot of players like me in Nebraska. And if you just go by UTRIP rankings, there could be some super E teams, kind of like what a lot of the UTRIP guys do at ASA tournaments here. I guess in theory, the system will correct itself in a year or two. To answer that second part, yeah, Nick, that's part of what I'm going to have to do is let the system correct itself over the next couple of years. I'm going to be breaking eggs to try and make omelets, and not everybody's going to be happy. Hopefully most people are. But again, my mission in all of this, if you sign up for one of my tournaments, the only thing I'm going to guarantee you is that the teams there belong there. The teams and players who are there belong there. And you may win, you may lose, but you're not going to get smashed by someone trying to sandbag. I promise you that. You may not like who you see across the diamond. You may not think they belong there, but again, you're going to lose more than you win. You're going to win more than you lose, whatever your case may be, but you're not going to run into some of the issues that I know I've experienced myself, whether in USSA or in another sanction showing up to a tournament and just getting absolutely steamrolled and knowing that the team across from you had no business being there. So that is my number one mission is to create a competitive environment for men's, women, co-ed, program-wide. So sorry about the wordy answer, but Nick, what are my plan? Honestly, I'll just kind of outline it with you and using you as a specific, specific, a Pacific specific example no matter new to the system or you've been playing for years, you have what is called a PRV, a player roster value. What that means is whatever team you're added to, that is your current value and does not necessarily indicate ratings. So there is some gray area, but gray areas create black holes, and I'm trying to eliminate all those. Uh, a challenge I'm finding right away is that all I can do is try and use good judgment, which can and will be subjective at times. I have also thought about what others do is whatever roster you are currently on, that's, that's your player value. That's your rating, for lack of better terms. So other tournament areas, tournament directors in the area use that. I'm going to use that as well because also with my tournaments, you're going to be required to submit your rosters. And roster additions and drops are dated in the system. So, for example, if I have 
a tournament that I'm, let's look at my Memorial Day one, a D tournament. Hope to see Slim Chickens out at it if you'd like to come out and play. Uh, it's a D tournament out in Waverly. So the tournament will obviously start Saturday morning. I have a entry cutoff of that Sunday so I can do brackets and everything. That is when your rosters will be on online on the system. Now, getting granular, I and others consider pending in. So Nick, let's say you're picking up somebody and they are pending addition to the roster where they haven't they haven't responded to the email, the system hasn't caught up, what have you. If they're pending by that Sunday, they're fine. I have no issue with them being on the roster. Not a big deal. Or they're on your roster. Play on. So that being said, you just have what you're working with. And those are all... Cough break, number one. Your player roster value. So Nick, even you being new, let's say Slim Chicken signs up as a D team. You just think, hey, we're D USA. Let's just go with D U triple SA. Okay. Yes, Nick, you are new. You are not in the system. I've actually looked. You go in or whoever your manager is goes in, creates the team. I actually now, and we'll get granular in this later, I now will add any new players that you have. So I would need name, date of birth, address, and email address to put them into the system. So then you just go on a D team, but you're right. You are technically an E player as far as the system goes. I add all your players, create slim chickens in the system, D team, registered out of Nebraska, good to go. But yeah, you know, you can still go play in an E tournament if you're a D guy, this, that, and the other. You can pick up, you can drop. There's a lot of things you can do with the system, okay? Again, it's a challenge I'm having right away, Nick, is that, for example, um, co-ed. I have men and women who are E that play C and higher co-ed in the system. So therefore, what do I do? Men and women also who are C or lower rated that play A-level military ball. Again, what do I do? So that is where I will need to navigate how to manage that. But also, I will keep preaching this. There is mutual responsibility here, both myself as the state director and managers slash coaches and players. You have to be responsible for where you're at. So again, Nick, first person example is easier for me. Let's say that T's 13 grabs you to go to, you know, an, an A U triple S A tournament. And it's not that silly of an example. They have two guys that two years ago were E players. Now they're A players. But that being said, Nick, you currently right now, slim chickens registered as a D team. So you are by roster, your PRV, your player roster value is D. It now is a, because T's 13 added you. So you go to the tournament, you have a good time. They Whether they play the full time, you sit there and watch, what, whatever it is. We've all been there. There's many roles on a team. So after the fact, your responsibility would to be to have T's 13 drop you afterwards. Which again, the only worry you have to have is frozen, but that we don't have to worry about that right now. So you go play a tournament with them in March you are on an A team. So your PRV is now A, which again, they would drop you. You could go back to Slim Chickens, no harm, no foul. But if you, let's say, 
again, you've done that. Let's say this coming weekend you go to a smoke show with them. I don't even think they're going to the smoke show. But again, smoke show's coming up. T's 13 grabs you as, as a player. Your, your player roster value is now A. You go down to the smoke show, have a great time, think nothing of it later. So then let's say Slim Chickens tries to get into my D tournament. They cannot re-add you until T's drops you. So the system has a trap door built in where if you try and add a player that is ineligible to a roster, it just won't even let you do it. It'll give you a hard stop. So until T's drops you or let me know, I can drop you as well. Uh, if, if Shaw can't do it or whatever the reasons are needs to be done, let me know. Again, I have administrative capabilities. I can make the drop and we can get you all taken care of. Again, it's part of my job. It's my responsibility. So want to be as helpful and transparent as I can. I'm sorry, long-winded, wordy answer, but I will say and remind all those listening, it does only take one. So if you're added to a team and you get frozen or you get left on a roster through your fault or no fault of your own, that can have consequences later. I've, I've dealt with appeals in the past or just this past January where it was literally an issue of, hey, this team added me, I forgot to get dropped or they forgot to drop me. Uh, can we please do something about my rating? We'll, we'll take those as they come. And yes, those are the explanations I'm going to need in order to assist in making the best decision for you and also the program from a fair and competitive balance. It takes one. So if you went down to a smoke show with T's on an A team, T's wins, and that tournament director decides to freeze rosters, that's a choice you've made as an adult, okay? And I can't help you. Not that I wouldn't want to. I literally cannot help you. So, again, consequences to your choices, but hopefully that helps answer your question, Nick. And, again, I, I would suggest that you just go across the board and if Slim Chickens is looking to register, and I hope you do, I want you guys to give it a shot. Register as a D team, play it out, and we'll go from there. Now, I will tell you, those who are familiar in years past will remember, I also have the power to officially and unofficially bump. I'll give you an example of that. So an official bump would be obviously that you try and register as E, let's say, Nick, and I just flat out, you know, it goes into the system and I just deny it. I send your coach an email back saying, hey, no, you need to register as D in order to participate in this program. That could happen. I haven't done it yet, but it could happen. Or let's say you guys tried to register E, as we've said, talk about. I accept it. See how you guys do. I, I give you enough rope to hang yourself, basically. So... You go down that road, you play E, and you know, you slot in, you win some, you lose some, middle of the pack team, maybe you know top three or five here and there, whatever. I got no problem. Play your E, your e schedule and your E tournaments. Good. Good luck to you and your team. But then there's also the following scenario. I let you register E, you play E, you go and win every game by 10 runs. There's clearly a skill disparity so now I've got a couple of options at my disposal because, again, you've, you've done it to yourselves. I can locally bump you, meaning saying, hey, guys, 
If you go to Dallas, you go to Kansas City, you go to Florida, you go to you go to the moon, go ahead and enter as an E-team. That's their problem, not mine, which again, that does create a slippery slope, but I do have that power. But if you are playing here in Nebraska, U-Triple-S-A, you're going to play as a D-team. You'll still get your double points, you'll still, you know, but you will not be allowed to enter an E-only tournament. You'll have to play D and higher. I have that discretion and quote-unquote power. I can do that. And it's been done in the past. It's not, and it's being done currently. I'm aware of a couple of teams, not in our area, but that it has happened to already where they've already been flat out told, I see what you've registered. I'll honor that for travel, but around here to not only help with competitive balance and otherwise, you're going to play one division up. So there's always that. Now, I can also officially bump you where it's like, hey, it only takes one. Like if you mow through a tournament and there's a skill and safety issue, I'll happily bump you right in the middle of the season. And it is what it is. But again, we'll blow up that bridge if we get to it. So I hope that helps answer it, Nick. And I will say uh, that... Let me me clean this up. Okay. So there is also... U-Triple-S-A, what they do is they have an annual uh, appeals process for your player value, okay, which is your rating. So you play your whole system, you have your player roster, your player roster value, and then that becomes ultimately your rating, basically your player value, okay? So January 1 to January 31, you have that time frame to enter, you go in and log into your player account and you click on the appeals button and you fill out your form, you know, what you want to appeal to, what you are now, this, that, and the other. And you can write a, you can write a couple of sentences or I've had people write novels of why you think your player roster value should be evaluated. And again, it is from January 1 to January 31. They are processed in order of receipt. So the sooner you get it in, the sooner it's going to be seen by myself and also the national board. And I'm going to walk you through that. So nationally, U-Triple-S-A averages about 300 requests a day. So again, the sooner you get it in, the better it'll be, the sooner it will be reviewed. Here in Nebraska, for example, I had all of mine reviewed by the first couple days in February, but California just wrapped theirs up around St. Patrick's Day. So again, population, higher interest in the the program, there are all factors in why some take longer. But you will get an answer approved or denied in quicker fashion. I know we've, we've been down this road with, you know, USA softball where that's taken months or years uh, it's not going to take that long with US U-Triple-S-A that's that's a fact that's not conjecture but in disclosure in that process I do review all that I receive for Nebraska I then forward them on to the national board either accepting or rejecting them and I can add some notes if I want to or what have you in both cases both acceptance or rejection the national board has the final say. They can and have overturned my opinion in both cases. So even if I've accepted your request, they've denied it, and then they have the final decision. All I can do is give them my two cents. 
I don't have a final decision in any of it. Once you get your final decision, you get an email back advising you of the decision and what your current player value is. So that's kind of that process, Nick, in a roundabout 15-plus minute answer. Um, you know, sure. It, it, and, you know, that's maybe where it starts because I'm here to build a program. So maybe some teams, you know, some DUSA teams or perceived DUSA teams come to UCCC to give it a shot and enter as E. I'll give you a shot. I really will. Like, I have no problem right now with new teams, D or E, in other sanctions or just being new. I don't have a problem right away registering them as E USSA teams, but I want you to know that that, that doesn't mean it's going to last very long if certain things happen. So, again, I, w- I would appreciate, and I think it's in the best interest, if you're playing something, come over and at least start out in that in USSA. But again, I, I actually have a couple on the dockets that I'm going to need to have that conversation with their coaches. Say, hey, I see what you registered. I'll play along, but don't be surprised if we at least go to that next step, which would be the unofficial bump, making them play up in the local area. And then again, going from there would be the official bump where they were E, they are now D if they want to play USSA. So hopefully that helps, Nick. I really hope you and others listening want to give you SSA a shot. And I'm looking forward to if you have any more questions or anyone listening has any more questions, reach out to me. I, I enjoy learning. I want to have the dialogue. And we'll just go from there. And we're going to agree or we're going to disagree. But it's not personal. It's business. You you have You are customers to me. I provide you a service. So... I want to do what's in the best interest of not only you as a team for your competitive balance, but also for the USSA program and helping to build it in this, rebuild it in this area again. So again, thank you very much, Nick. Right at 20 minutes on that answer. Jake's feeling a little wordy today, so sorry, not sorry. Clearly something I'm passionate about, and many of you are. Let's go to, all right, next one I'm going to hit. Shouldn't take as long, I promise. Bo Johnson, one of the dirty dozen, the original day one podcast listeners, poor sucker, about four years of your life, man. I appreciate it. Uh, you have asked, please explain the difference between the balls used in USSA, whether it be Classic Plus, M, Pro-Am, Stadium, etc. Both the following I'm going to give you is according to the USSA rulebook. And again, I do have, it's not a shameless plug. It's just easy enough. I have set up a USSA tab on the nocoshow.com webpage that has links to logging in as a player or coach, the rule book, etc. So hopefully you and others want to go check that out. But there is a link to the rule book if you want to go peek yourself. But basic and short answers are we'll start out with the classic M. It is a 40 core 325 ball. So that is a classic M. Uh, the stadium ball, which is what the conference uses, is a. <laughs> this one made me laugh when I actually read it because I know they're obviously. It is the hardest ball that U Triple uses. It's a forty-seven four eighty ball, so you are hitting a golf ball with a composite bat. And I'm sure that if you or anybody else has seen 
the conference videos, there's a reason those things go 500 because they're hit by monsters a mile. And it, it just, when I read that, it also gives me just a new appreciation for Lawson and his bravery or <laughs> craziness to throw to some of those beasts. But uh, yeah, stadium ball is a 47, 480 ball. Now I will say this, and I'm going to look into this a little bit more as the rule book states and I actually have a question out, and I'm sorry I don't have the answer for it as I roll sound for you, Bo. But the Classic Plus and the Pro-M are both listed as a 52-375 ball. So basically, they are the closest thing to a USA ball as you're going to find. But again, I, I'm going to make sure that there's not a difference because currently for men's, I'm going to allow the Pro-M and the Classic M balls for events Definitely not stadiums, I can tell you that. But I do want to get make sure that's not a typo, that they are, in fact, the same corn compression. I do know the Pro-M came around with the new 240 stamps. But uh, again, I'll, I'll try and get some clarification on that. The 11-inch Classic W for women's is a 44-400 compression ball. So that is, again, those old enough to remember the old school uh, blue stitch balls where it was just one USSA ball, basically. Those were 44, 400 back in there. About 10 years ago is when we hit those. Um, last, certainly not least, there's a 12-inch senior ball, which is a 44, 375, again, going old school. That's what the USA slash ASA ball used to be back in the day with the, you know, the Mike and Freaks and the... Easton extendeds and not. We used to hit 44 375s. So, Bo, to answer your question, there are six options for USSA legal softballs. Again, recapping the 12 inch Classic M, 4325. A 12 inch Stadium M ball, which is what the conference uses, is a 47 480. The 12 inch Classic Plus, which is listed as a 52 375. The 12 inch Pro M, is a f- listed as a 52375 again I'll get clarification also the 11 inch classic w the women's ball is a 44400 and last the 12 inch senior ball is a 44375 again thank you very much bo and appreciate the support over the years and hopefully that helped answer the question next one let's go to matt kelberg Uh, He's got a couple here, so I'm going to address them in the order. First one he asks is, why do you have to be a coach or manager in order to see player ratings? Matt, the actual intent behind that is to take back control of the database, to be completely honest. For example, all new players used to be able to be entered by coaches, but that was being abused for either false records to assist with sandbagging or it was just honestly we're trying to clean up duplicate records in case someone was already in there and you just went and entered them again so directors only enter new information and new players update information all all the like so again if you or anyone else needs their information updated even if it's a new phone number email address anything like that uh, shoot me a message i'll get that cleaned up for you I also have duplicate records I'm trying to clean up. So that's part of my administrative role also is to make sure that the system's getting uh, cleaned up and lined up to where the uh, the records are current. 
So, uh, Matt, that is why. It's just simply with the intent of to take back control of the database and keep the information as current and correct as possible. I will say that, as you said, why do you have to be a coach manager to see player rankings? Okay, so, for example, anyone can go onto the website, even without logging in, and just look at who's on a team besides pending additions because those are not officially added. So you cannot just log in and see pending additions, but you can see who is currently listed. There is software built in for where, for example, Matt, you've registered a C team this year. So anyone and everyone, regardless who's listed there, yes, you cannot see the card for let's go with Big Tie or you or Shomer had to throw an old school name there. I c- you cannot see what their current player, you know, player rating is, but as we've spoke earlier in my wordy answer to Nick, they have a player rating roster value, sorry, player roster value. So they are now on a C team and the system has software built in where it does not allow you to add players that are not part of a C roster. So for example, if you tried to add, Oh, you know, an A rated player who was on T's or pick them up for a tournament, the system will not allow you to do that. Or if you have, uh, you are three B players already and you want to add a fourth, it will not allow you to do the addition. So that is one thing that USSA came up with in trying to clean up the database is that if you or anyone wants to go look at a team's roster, who you see, at least in the system, belongs on that team. Now, there can be conjecture. Again, if you see a team that you're like, hey, they're from out of state or they're from this area and you feel that there's an unfair shake, we can have that conversation. I'm not saying that isn't a possibility. All I'm saying is that anyone and everyone listed on those rosters by the system and their player roster value belongs on that roster. So I know that may not be what you or even others want to hear, but those are the reasonings behind it. I've asked the same question, um, you know, how, how are players going to know their player roster value or their rating and whatnot? Please just ask me again. I, it's part of the questions. They want to open the dialogue too between state directors and players and coaches. So if you have any questions, shoot me a message. It's my job and responsibility to get you that answer and may not be what you like, but I do owe you that answer when requested. So any help I can be, please let me know, Matt. But uh, that hopefully answers your first question. Your second one, it's going to get chatty again, but hey, it is what it is. I think it deserves the attention. Your second one is, how can sanctioned tournaments include home run wristbands? And you put in parentheses, sorry for more of a general softball question. Don't be sorry at all, Matt. The simple answer, and I will go into it more, of course, is states' rights. Just like the federal government, there's there's federal laws, there's states' rights, or states' laws. So basically, Matt, I'm going to get my shovel and go deep now. The only hard rules in USSA that I cannot compromise and I cannot go against right now, currently in a sanctioned event, and that's what all I'm, I'm only running sanctioned in some form or fashion, but you have to use certified bats and balls. You have to use certified umpires and officials. And in order to receive points, you must be a registered team within the system. Beyond that, Matt, I as a state director can and almost 
do any literally anything I want to as far as ground rules, whether it be home run bans, and still be a sanctioned event. As many know, you've run down to whether it's Vegas or Kansas City or where else, and they're selling home run wristbands like candy. I, I obviously have my opinion. Others do too. But it is still sanctioned. We can agree to disagree, and I disagree with some. I think sometimes it's gone too far. But there are also some of these what appear to be silly ground rules that have found to be innovative later and adopted. I'll give you an example. Like the six-foot pitching box started out as a what was a gimmick in someone's tournament that USSA adopted as a bylaw. Also, now the E division gets one home run. That was found, you know, to be someone, you know, a tournament director somewhere used it and E division now gets one home run. That's what I actually like about this is the allowed innovation to play around a little bit. I, I, I think there's room in certain cases to stretch some rules to ensure a fun experience and also co- create a more competitive game and tournament. Again, for example, the three runs a class as a run spot, the half run to the visitor to eliminate ties, which again, that, that I, I kind of like those two because again, I want, I want people to feel that even if they're playing up, that they have a chance of, Hey, you know what? There is an equalizer to where I've got a better shot at competing and or winning this game against a team that is rate that is ra- rated higher than my team is. I want people to, you know, again, it's just an idea. The half run to the visitors though, you know, th- there's some playing around to do with that. Like, yes, it, it, the, the, purpose of it and some have asked me that and i had that question so i'll just kind of borrow this for a moment where did the half run come up i know ko has used it down in kansas city for a couple years now the intention was to keep games on time and eliminate ties to keep the tournament rolling and going now i like it for that fact but also again if we get into you know you get a winner bracket final game or the finals it's got to go. I should say in the finals, not winter bracket finals. I apologize. I meant tournament finals, the final two up to two games, the the finals and then the if game and a double limb. That rule has got to go away because again, just play it out. It, it is for the championship, whether it's money or points, start zero, zero, do your, your, your runner at second, all that jazz. I think that's where it's going to be eliminated in the finals. But up until that point, it's a, it's a deterrent to get games played in time and keep the tournament running. So again, that, that idea, it is not an actual USSA guideline, but it is being discussed. So again, there's, there's an idea where whoever came up with it has started to utilize it. We as, you know, state directors and national board members have taken a peek at it and they may like it and may adopt it. So, uh, I'm still thinking about, those and others, what I want to do. For example, as I've said, the run spot and the half run ideas I do like, but there are others where, uh, again, in co-ed, I know some have played with tournaments where there's an extra fielder or they allow a seven and three split for the co-ed division rosters where seven guys, three women. I personally lean on going more by the book and playing it at official all times, but then Will people want that or will it create an issue when they travel where 
you know, Nebraska U-Triple-S-A, they play it by the book. But if you go to somewhere else, they have some different rules in place. Again, it's a quandary I'm I'm trying to navigate, and I'm not going to get too deep into a bunch of rules, but there are going to be some just bullet points like, hey, here it is, here it is, here it is, and stick to them if they come up. Like, For example, as mentioned before, like a, a roster protest. There's going to be a cut-and-dried you're on the roster, you're not on the roster. Because again, the system filters out people who don't who do not belong there. And there are also roster cutoff dates. But as we get closer and I get some fields pinned down and stuff, which has been an issue, um, you know, that it's easier said than done running a program. So I again appreciate everybody's patience. I'll take a moment and tell you that. But as far as what I feel are shameless monetizations, again, I've gotten questions like this. Uh GSL which is a, another form we can we'll learn as we go. It, it's a very USA style. There's no pump fakes. The pitches are five to ten. You use U Triple SA bats and balls, but they have like designated home run hitters. So I maybe run some G, GSL events just to kind of get the feel for it, see what people think of it and like it. And also, it would help I think people coming over from USA to U Triple SA with being familiar with you know yeah there's new bats and balls, but you will at least acclimate quicker to a similar style you're used to so i think gsl is a great idea i think i'm going to run at least one or two of those um but again it's just this supersizing you know what i charge you when you see an advertised tournament that's that's the charge that the fees are all figured in i'm not gonna you know people have asked about gate fees gate fees aren't my thing Again, if the complex I'm renting charges it, that's beyond my control, and I'm sorry. Um, it's not like I'm getting a cut of it. That is their theirs to do with what they wish. Gate fees, not my thing. Home run bans, not my thing. Uh, the price you see is the price you pay. My fees, whether it's to USSA or to the umpires or my insurance, my my field costs, those are all figured in what I'm charging you. And beyond that, the only other thing I would say is there's a roster protest fee because, again, I I have a game, you know, time is money. So if you're that passionate about someone who you do not believe is there, you know, it's going to be a nominal fee. I'm not, you know, some charge 100 bucks, some charge 50 bucks, some whatever. But again, it's more for my umpires. It's not, you know, anything else. Um, But again, it just helps save time and effort and create that competitive balance that I'm looking for. And I know many of you are looking for, especially when there's money to be won and paid out, which is what I'm definitely going to do or free rolls into future tournaments. Uh, again, I've got some ideas that I'll get out there and go with when things get nailed down and I's get dotted and T's get crossed. But I, I can tell you this, another example it's totally your prerogative what you want to do with it, but I'm not up to $600 here in the state of Nebraska. I need to provide you a 1099 miscellaneous form. Whether you file it on your taxes is your business, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to be furnished to you in the event that there is a payoff over 600 bucks, which I'm more than happy to do. I'm not saying I'm not going to pay more than 600 bucks because I want to dodge the tax man. No, not at all. I'm just saying you're going to get a little paperwork with your, 
with your finances. So just letting you know that ahead of time now. And again, it's totally your business, whether you file it or not. I'm not the tax man, but I do need to furnish it to you as part of what we're doing. So again, going with that, but yeah, there's going to, you know, there's going to be some rules that, you know, are seemingly tchotchke. I don't want to get too crazy with them. Uh, like I was running my MS one, for example, it was a C and lower team tournament. Yes. I was allowing unlimited home runs. A it's a fundraiser. B it was in March and you know, it's just an early season kickoff. Let's have some fun raising money for charity. But you know, that that's one thing. And and that's why I want to try and separate too, is that if we're there to have fun and raise money, that's one thing. If we're there for points and competitive and, and paying out a bunch of money, yeah, things are going to get a little bit tighter. So Again, my discretion, and I will try and use it as wisely as possible and hope you guys enjoy it and want to play. But thank you again for those couple of questions, Matt. Hopefully I answered them. If I didn't, by all means, you've got my number. Shoot me a text, give me a call, and we can definitely discuss it further. Go on to the next one here. Big Zach Schiltz, couple from him. Will there be a U-Triple-S-A state tournament this season? Simple answer, I hope so. Again, trying to line up a complex. Uh, thankfully, it's early to mid-April right now. Those usually don't happen until like August, but going to have plenty of time and notice for those. But yes, I would love to run a U-Triple-S-A state tournament in some form, whether it's men's, women's, co-ed, all of them. I really want to try and do something. So yeah, definitely a goal is to get one on the schedule in year one, see how it goes. Like I said, break eggs to make omelets. And you followed up with what can you do, will you do to ensure teams and players are playing where they belong and not a mess like Oklahoma City C Nationals was. I have brought this up. You've brought this up. We've all brought this up. People who were there, that was the driving force. How I felt, how my teammates felt, how teams I knew felt, how teams I didn't even know felt. Love my metaphors. I'm going to use it again. That tournament was a joke. It was a bunch of machine guns who showed up to a knife fight. And I don't want any of the teams that participate in my programs to feel that way. And I sincerely mean that. You may not be as good as the other team playing you at the time you're playing in the game and the tournaments you're playing with me. But they belong there whether you like it or not. You're not going to run into this you know, a team with conference on their sleeve at, at a C tournament. We're, we're not going to do that here. Okay. So what I can do is I have some knowledge of my own. I need your help and I'm asking for it right now. If you see something that looks fishy, whether it's, and I'm not going to go into examples because I've already had conversations with some people that weren't necessarily uncomfortable, but when you hear the word attorney, I really want to stop the dialogue. So, That being said, if you see a team in a tournament, please feel free to ask. And also, if you don't like it, I want you to remember this, and I've preached this, and I am preaching this now that I'm the guy that's going to be taking your money. Up until a certain point, like if brackets are out, there's there's no refunds, and that's going to be one of my cut and dried rules. If brackets come out, no matter what your reasons are for dropping, it is non-refundable because there are expenses to be maintained at that point is what it is. But that being said, if you don't like 
the teams that I'm allowing or you're going to a tournament and the teams that they're allowing, drop. Take back your money. You can go in the system and you know request a refund and no harm, no foul. Don't give your money away. I totally understand that. I've, I've done the same thing. So if you really feel that there is not a competitive balance, don't pay for it. Know your rights and responsibilities and what the refund policy is, whether it's bad weather or, you know, as I've mentioned, that, you know, brackets out, money's money's out. Um, You know, just protect yourselves and your players. If you truly feel it's a safety issue or a competitive issue, that's, that's completely your right as a team. So I hope you exercise those, but I hope you also trust me to be sure that the teams that are entered belong there. And even if you don't like it, if you don't agree with it, you don't have to play. I totally respect that. Please, you know, I hope there's other options that you pursue or you give me another shot at another time. But as I've said, that's totally up to you as a team. So again, Zach, what what can I do? What will I do? I'm just going to have to go with what I know. If I see a team that I don't perceive belongs there in whatever division it is, and it it could you know could be you guys, Pioneer Auto, or even Twisted Lasers. Hey, will you let us in? No, I'm sorry. I you know you guys have to do this, that, or the other. It, it can be yes or no, but I if you see something that hey this team you might want to take a second look at them and their roster because whether it's a different sanction or this guy is actually this that and the other it could be a matter of duplicate records if you see something please let me know there's no shame in wanting a fair and competitive shake that's not i I don't have a problem with that at all so please reach out to me if you see something that looks a little fishy i will vet it i will speak to their state director i will make a decision on my own um Again, these are my, you know, my tournaments are my tournaments. If I'm assisting others, all I can do is give them feedback like, hey, I've received this feedback about this player or this team. And if that person running a tournament still wants to do it, that's totally their prerogative. But I will say anything sanctioned under Nebraska USSA, that that's going to have to go by, you know, I'm going to have the oversight on that. So I'm going to say yay or nay. But again, help me help you. Bottom line, Zach, at you or anyone else, help me help you. I, I can't do it all. I don't know it all. I haven't been everywhere. I've, I've been more places than some, and I've been less places than way less places than some. So anything you know or you see, let me know. And we may agree, we may disagree. I appreciate any and all feedback, but just let me know. That That's all I can say is... I can't help unless I've been made aware that there is a perceived problem. So shoot me a message, you know, privately. You and I's conversation, Zach, or anyone else listening to this, they're our private business. I'm not going to dox you and say like, oh, Zach didn't want to play Johnny's Plumbing. Ha-ha. No, I don't care. You know, I want everybody to be as happy as possible in their experience with USSA as far as I'm concerned period. Again, I've preached it once. I'm preaching it again. So thank you again, Zach, for that question. And tell Jordan, Georgie, and Louie, Heather and I say hello. Looking forward to seeing you down the road, buddy. This one was sent in to me. I wish they didn't want to be anonymous because it's hilarious and I would love to give credit, but uh, they asked me, 
Actually, I'm going to hold on to this one. I want to save that one, but uh, a little deep tease. Get a couple of quick bangers out of the way. Do you have or will you be getting a bat tester? I do not have one. I will get one if I need one. I, I hope I, you know, there's many things that I'll need to get if I grow this program big enough, and a bat tester is one of them. Uh, as many know, and I've had some people question and ask between 240 and 220. Okay, so the 240 bat stamp was brought in for the conference level. They are using, they all require 240 stamps. But regular Joes like you and I, just weekend warriors at a, at lower than conference level, though I could require them at a tournament. Again, Matt, going back to you, if, if I decide to, that require 240 bats only. But that being said, going forward, you, sh- you have either the 240 or 220. They're called the, thumb, the thumbprint stamps, the 220 stamp and the 240 stamp. Bottom line, any and all of my tournaments were utilizing the 220 standards. You can use a 240 bat. You can use a 220 bat. Right now, without a tester, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be my umpire's discretions. Or even if I'm standing there and I don't like it, it'll be taken out of play. I'm not sent, I'm not cutting it open. I'm not testing it. I'm not this, that, and the other. But we're going to use discretion. If we feel that something just doesn't seem right, it's not an accusation, but we will take a bat out of play. I will take a bat out of play if I feel that there's something just doesn't strike me as right. And that doesn't mean it's been altered. It doesn't mean you're cheating. It just means that, hey, that, that bat's uh, that bat's a little beyond what the others being used in the game are right now. So let's just err on the side of caution and set that one aside for a moment. That's all it means. So take that as you will. If you think it's personal, if you think it's I'm calling you a cheater, that's not exactly the case at all. Uh, until again, I get a bat tester in place where we throw it in the vice. We do it on three spots. Again, what I love about you, triple SA, there's not this subjectivity. It's 220. Your bats under 220, it fails. If your bats over 220 or at 220, you're fine. Period. There's not varying degrees for different manufacturers. It is a flat pass fail, which is that is something I love about you, triple SA, is a flat pass fail standard. So, um, those couple of quick ones I want to get out of the way. This one lasts certainly, but not least. I was joking about it a minute ago, and you know who you are. I totally respect your anonymity, and I'm glad you asked. They say, sell me this pen. (laughs) If you don't get the reference, it's okay. Why is USSA better than USA? Uh, A few examples I've given... I want everybody to play softball. We all have a passion for slow pitch softball. If you're listening to this, if you're out there playing, if you're spending your money buying your bats, your uniforms, your balls, your bats, your gloves, your bat bags, your your cleats, your shin guards, your helmet, whatever, your beer, your twisted tee, you're out there because you have a passion to play slow pitch softball. So I'm not going to deter you from playing USA, but what I am going to do is answer this question. Why do I think it's better? There, there's actually many reasons. One of them, A, as I've discussed, everything's handled online. Your rosters are there. Your payments are there. Your payouts are there. Um, you can go into any one of my tournaments and see if – you know, Nick's, Nick Slim Chicken's team's coming. Oh, who's on their roster right now? 
you can go look. That's that's right there in front of your face. It's not incomplete. It's not paper. It's not paper checks. It's not waiting months. It's not someone who doesn't know. Again, the information is at your fingertips on your phone or your computer. You're more than welcome to go take a look at any time or ask any questions. Again, this is a customer service position. I'm here to serve you as a customer, period. And I've preached that in the past before I took my role. I'm preaching it now with the role. You are customers. I am a service provider. I want you to have a positive experience when consuming the product that I'm providing you. And if you don't, please feel free to take your money elsewhere. So that's one reason. Everything's electronic. A lot of cut and dried stuff, like your appeals process. It's January. You have January 1 at midnight till January 31st at 11 59 p.m. to get your appeal in for that coming season. They are reviewed in order of receipt. You will be, once the national board has gotten through it, you will be notified via email of that decision. No gray area. You may not like what they have to say, but again, it will be addressed. Uh, as I mentioned, California got through theirs around St. Patrick's Day. I believe all nationwide were done either towards the end of March or early April. So again, they receive an average of 300 a day. They got to get through them all. They, they vet them all as best they can. They lean on us as state directors to help them in their guidance, but they do have the final say and they make the final decisions. So again, that process is cut and dried. It's not turn it in in February here back in August of the next year. It's it's not like that. Um, as I've mentioned before, with the rules, you have you have the bats, the balls. You have a specific pass fail two twenty or two forty. Those the it's not manufacturer to manufacturer where this manufacturer is a thousand psi. This one's seven fifty psi. This one's twelve fifty psi. Makes it easier for everyone involved, officials, players, everyone. Two forty or two twenty, whatever the event is, that's the pass fail. Period. Just the, the fun of the game. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of pump faking in the pitching if you decide to. It's a flatter pitch. It's, an, it's typically a more offensive game. There are quote-unquote better bats and balls being used. Um, I just want you all to give it a shot. I think it's better than the other. You may think other is better than this. Whether it's USA or, or NSA or WSL, uh, ISA, ISA or ISL, whatever it is, more power to you. Again, I want you to have fun playing the game of slow-pitch softball, but I want you to come give me a shot. That's all I ask. Come give it a try and see what you think. And if you like it, come back. If you don't, thank you for at least giving me a try. So that's how I'm going to sell you the pen. Give me a shot. I think if you come out and experience it and you experience a USSSA tournament from the way it's administrated, the way it's umpired, the way that the teams play, I think you will have a better experience than you've had in other sanctions. And I hope to live up to that. So again, just give me a shot. But thank you, everyone. If you have any other questions, that's what I'm here for. Please reach out. NEBUSSA at gmail.com. Shoot me an email or DM me on social media. 
through the NOCO show, NEBUSSA, Nebraska USSA on Facebook, uh, the Twitter, as the kids would say, on Twitter as well. Um, here to help. And I'm excited. Again, a challenge I'm facing is is field availability, uh, youth programs. It's not running down youth programs, but they have a lot of the better facilities tied up. So trying to navigate that. And I also don't just don't want to run in a gravel parking lot either. I want to give you guys, again, the best experience that I can. I want to have nice complexes. Even if I'm going to run at a two-field complex, I want them to be two nice fields. I just... Again, it's my preference. I want to present you a product that I'm proud of and I want you to enjoy. So that's been a challenge of mine so far, but trying to stay on top of that. Got a couple of dates in Waverly Lockdown, working on uh, Council Bluffs for sure. Syracuse still out to Jill. And we'll get those dates posted, events posted, and appreciate all the comments, the questions, the feedback. No coast is the best coast. I am out.